everybody. We are back from Hurricane Irma. We are pretty much unscathed, although JT does not have power still. Nope. And this is going on day five? Yep. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Jeez. And today's Friday. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully it'll come back soon. Duke Energy keeps calling JT saying, hey, it's okay. We'll get the power back on by Sunday. You'll be able to go watch more football, whatever you want to do. So hopefully that's the case, that Sunday you get power. Definitely, definitely. And in the meantime, deal it up. Just going to chill at a hotel tonight and tomorrow. But uh, it'll be fun. Get through work. And then I'm going to do some Halloween Horror Nights tomorrow night So at Universal. So that'll be a lot of fun. And hopefully the power will be back Sunday. So when I get home, I can watch some football. Yeah. And Halloween Horror Nights actually started today. Starts tonight, yeah. Tonight, yeah, tonight. So a lot of friends are actually working Halloween Horror Nights this year. I can't wait to go again. This will be my sixth year going. I always get the frequent fear pass. I go several times throughout the event. It's fantastic, though. It's it's a lot of. If you like haunted houses, it's definitely a thing to do in Orlando during the Halloween season. So, um, but yeah, Hurricane Irma was absolutely devastating for the state of Florida. It covered, it encompassed the entire state of Florida. It went right over our houses um, in the Claremont celebration, even Walt Disney World. It went over the castle essentially. The eye did so. It was, um, people are still without power, like JT. Um, there are people that are, you know, their homes are destroyed. In the in the Caribbean, I mean, the islands there, there are some ports that are closed indefinitely right now. Uh, I know the port in Tortola that I went to less than two weeks ago is closed indefinitely. I know that. And I know that St. Thomas's port is closed. Um, several other places are closed as well, and their homes are just absolutely leveled destroyed it's it's sad to see the pictures coming out of the caribbean out of the keys um and tampa didn't get as hit as hard as we thought they were going to because the eye decided to go straight up the spine of the state and that's why it hit us so it's pretty pretty crazy to think that we got hit with a category two hurricane at that point it was category two but hurricane irma's gone now we don't have to worry about it anymore jt will get power soon we'll keep an update on that and, um, yeah, anything you want to add, JT? If you want to help out, please uh, donate to the Red Cross. A lot of organizations are pitching in to uh, help not just what happened with Hurricane Harvey a few weeks ago, but also now with Hurricane Irma. So if you want to donate, guys, just go to the Red Cross and donate. Do what you can't help out or help people state of Florida get through this uh, difficult time. And if you can't help out with donations, I mean, you can donate to Red Cross, other organizations as well. United Way is a really good organization that's usually the hub of nonprofit organizations. So definitely contribute to United Way as well. Um, but if you can't donate with your money, donate with your time. Go to, you know, your local church, go to your local, um, you know, shelter, things like that, and, and help out there too. Because there are things for you to do, and you can definitely reach out to um, churches and organizations in your local community to help out as much as you can. So let's move on to some sports to brighten the mood a little bit in here. So let's go to some college football. Um, JT, there were some good games this past weekend. Um, what do you think was the biggest upset of the week last week in college football? Well, I know, Dylan, I'm going with the obvious pick, but to me it has to be Oklahoma upsetting Ohio State. Uh, Oklahoma's ranked number five, Ohio State's ranked number two, and for 
this game, it was pretty close. It was 3-3 at halftime. And then Oklahoma just took off the second half. Baker Mayfield, he was doing exceptionally well, 27-35, 386 yards, and he had three touchdowns. And pretty much after the game, he was with the OU fans running around the stadium with the OU flag. Yeah. Um, at least for him, he didn't go in the middle of the field, thankfully. But he well, was, no, he did. Oh, Baker he did? Mayfield, oh. No, wait. wait no, it, it was the first week he went in the middle of the field, correct? Oh, okay. Was that right? I think so. No, no. Actually, it was this past weekend where he went in the middle of the field and stuck the flag in the middle of the Ohio State oh, field. Oh, yeah. I'm watching the clip right now. I think you're right. Yeah. I That's, think you're right. Yep. Yeah. It, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was a little excessive. He was a little excited. But, I mean, you know, it, it, it happens uh, that he did go on TV and apologize after that. There was a new news conference and everything. But, I mean, hey, winning 31-13 to over Ohio State, the number two ranked Ohio State, that's huge for Oklahoma, and I think they're going to be a team to reckon with when it comes to the playoffs this year. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma's definitely in the thick of the race now, even though that pains me as a Texas fan, but hopefully we'll have something to say about that when we play them next month. Hopefully so. Uh, my upset this past weekend was actually Georgia over Notre Dame. Wow. What a game that was. Um, it was a one-point differential in the game. Georgia won 20-19 against the Fighting Irish. And that was my upset of the week. I think um, that game ended on a, what, a late field goal or a fumble recovery, something like that. Uh, it, it was it was a tight game throughout the entire game, um, and Georgia decided to pull it out at the very end. So great game from Georgia. Um, the Bulldogs are in it, and you know the thing is, last year um, the Tennessee Volunteers, not to brag, um, but we did better than Georgia Bulldogs last year. Um, we beat them last year, and I was thinking that Georgia was going to um, not be as good this year as they were last year, which last year they weren't that good anyway. But, hey, I mean, they're surprising people. They are they won against Notre Dame, and uh, we'll see what happens this season in the SEC East. Um, and speaking of Tennessee, we completely dominated the Indiana State um, Sycamores, is what they're called. So we dominated them 42-7. to Fantastic game by Dormady, our quarterback. Uh, Garantino did play a little bit. Um, Garantano, I'm sorry. Garantano played a little bit, but he wasn't as sharp as Dormady. So Dormady will be the starting quarterback against the Florida Gators this week. So move on to this week. Um, Tennessee versus Florida is definitely going to be a huge game to look out for. Um, So definitely keep an eye on that one. I will be going to that game in the Swamp in Gainesville, so I cannot wait to see... The Tennessee Volunteers beat the Florida Gators for the second year in a row. It'll be fantastic. Um, my upset alert this season, this weekend, though, is going to be San Diego State over Stanford. Stanford is ranked, I believe, 19th right now on the AP poll um, in the top 25. Um, I'll double-check that number. But I, I believe they're number 19 on the poll. And San Diego State is unranked, but they are 2-0 and as of right now. Last season, they played pretty well. They had some pretty good stats. Um, San Diego State was actually 11-3, and and they were ranked 25th in the final AP poll. Um, but I think this year they can actually go over Stanford, and that's a statement game. That's one of those games that they usually do pretty well uh, uh, under the big, the big lights uh, when it comes to the big games on national television. And that's going to be the night game tomorrow night at 10.30. So make sure to watch out for that one because Stanford is in for an upset, in my opinion. JT, what is your upset alert for this coming up week? My upset alert is, is Clemson. Of course, Clemson last week, they defeated Auburn 14-6. But still a close game. I, I thought Clemson was going to do a lot better 
and pull away out of that game early. But Clemson, they are playing Louisville this week. And Louisville, I know Louisville has some injuries because they they're not going to have Keith Kelsey, Devontae Fields, or John Harvey Clemens. But I think, and their defense might have some holes, but remember, they have their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, and I think he's going to be the difference to carry this team. He, he has to have his best game. And Lamar Jackson, I know he hasn't done it against Purdue and North Carolina barely getting through, but I think for this game, because national television, everyone's going to watch, he's going to show up. And remember, Dylan, remember last year, Louisville played Florida State, upset them in week three. It's week three. I know Clemson's a lot better than what the experts think, but I think it's going to be close. And I think Louisville, they're going to find a way to squeak it out. I think something's going to happen this game to Lamar Jackson. I, I hope nothing happens to him, but he is the driving... We talked about this before the show. He is the driving force behind the Louisville um, Cardinals, and I think that he... For some reason, I just feel as though he'll get injured in this game and because Clemson's defense is really good. Uh, Louisville's defense, not so much. I think that it's going to be a tough a tough road ahead for Lamar Jackson and the Louisville Cardinals this weekend against um, the Clemson Tigers because, I mean, even though Deshaun Watson's not there, that team looks like it has not lost a step between last season and this season. So I, you know, I, I hope you're correct, but I just don't know if the Heisman Trophy winner can actually win it against Clemson this year. Definitely, Dylan, and we still got more big games. <clears throat> of course, another big one this week, this weekend, excuse me, Texas, they're taking on USC. Your boys. Yes, that's going to be another big one. Um, Texas, I know it's not favored in that game, but I think Texas will make it closer than the experts think in that game. Texas, they got to show up. I know we crushed San Jose State 56 to nothing, but who cares? That's San Jose State. That is San Jose State. You don't get no points for that, okay? (laughs) So they will show up against USC and give everything they can, and I think Texas will find a way to get out because we had a rough start. Losing that first game against Maryland was a stunner. Texas knows they're under a lot of pressure. Tom Herman's under a lot of pressure. They got to turn around, and I think Texas was motivated to get the job done on Saturday night. And then, of course, we also got another interesting game deal you should keep an eye on. Kansas State, they're going to be in Nashville taking on Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's looking really good. And after that win against Tennessee last year at the very end of the season to go into their first bowl game in years, I think that Vanderbilt's looking really, really good this season. Um, they're already 2-0, I believe, yeah, in, this, yeah, in, this, in this season. So Vanderbilt's a team to look out for. I think that's definitely going to be a good game to watch. Uh, other game to watch, I think, is LSU versus Mississippi State. I think that's going to be a closer game than the experts are predicting because I think Mississippi State's going to have um, LSU's number in that game. Also, another game to watch out for is Wisconsin versus BYU. Um, I know that those two teams aren't very good um, when it comes to playing the ranked teams that we see today, like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, things like that. But I think that's going to be an interesting game to watch. It's going to be a fun game to watch, and that's a game to watch tomorrow as well. So definitely keep your eye on that one. Um, And, you know, I'm sorry, I forgot to give props to Fresno State from last week. Um, They actually put 10 points up against Alabama, which is awesome. Although they did lose by 31. Um, but still, the 10 points on Alabama, that's that's saying a lot more than most teams usually do. So kudos to Fresno State. And um, also kudos to Clemson as well. The Auburn and Clemson game that we talked about last week, I was thinking it was going to be a lot closer than it was. It was pretty close, but Clemson decided to pull that one out 14-6. to It wasn't a 
very offensive driven game, but it was still a fun one to watch. So kudos to them. Uh, moving on to some NFL news. Um, let's talk about some games that are coming up this weekend. I know that Houston played last night up against Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati is, they're still looking for a touchdown this season. Haven't got one yet, but they're still looking for one. Well, oh, remember Dylan, week one last week, the Bengals played the Ravens and they got shut out 20 to nothing at home. Yeah. And I really thought the Bengals were going to give it to the Ravens, but they didn't show up. They didn't show up at all. And Andy Dalton, he had Five picks, five interceptions Ooh. in that game. Terrible. That's awful. That's awful. And he, also, you're looking at um, Houston, who played the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. We thought that was going to be a, a lot more competitive game than it was. It turned out to be a 29-7 win of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Houston looked awful last week. Um, they well, had, remember, they started Tom Savage for the first half. They did start Tom Savage for the first half. Deshaun Watson looked disheveled in the second half because, I mean, he was just thrown in there. But still, I mean, that game was... At first, I thought that the Texans were just going to look like that for the rest of the season. It, it, it was an awful game by the Houston Texans. Their defense looked out of sync. Uh, Tom Savage looked awful in the first half. That's why Deshaun Watson went in there, but Deshaun Watson was getting thrown all over the field. It did not look good for Deshaun Watson. Last night in that game, too, in Cincinnati, um, it did not look good for Deshaun Watson at first either because he was getting thrown around on the field a bit. He was getting hit several times. Big hits on Deshaun Watson, but he stuck in there and he won the game. He actually had, what, a 45-yard touchdown run or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, it looked like he was just running for the first down, but he said, you know what? There's some open field. I'm going to juke two or three players and go into the end zone. Um, it was an incredible game by Deshaun Watson. Hopefully, he doesn't play that way when he plays the Tennessee Titans, but it, it was, kudos to them because the Texans looked really good last night. Well, another player that had a stellar week in week one, Matthew Stafford, had four touchdowns in their game against the Arizona Cardinals, winning 35-23. I watched some of that game on NFL Red Zone, and Matthew Stafford, he, he looks good so far. And the Detroit Lions, those jerseys look awesome. And talking about stellar games, another stellar game last week that totally threw people off were the Los Angeles Rams versus oh, yeah. the Indianapolis Colts, scoring 46 points last week to a measly nine points by the Indianapolis Colts because they have no quarterback. Well, Matthew Stafford is I – mean, not. I'm sorry, not Matthew Stafford. I'm, I was confusing Scott myself. Tolson. Scott Tolzien was go. in there. Andrew Luck was nowhere to be found on the field because he's injured still. Scott Tolzien looked awful. He looked as awful as he had – in the past five seasons. I mean, Scott Tolzien is not a backup quarterback in the league. I don't know why teams keep signing him, but uh, he somehow has a job, and like Johnny Menzel, for instance, doesn't, or Col- Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick doesn't. Um, you know, Tim Tebow didn't, and he decided to go to baseball. It just things like that. Well, I, Tolson, I, can't I think he there. had what he got sacked what four or five times in that game. He got sacked several times. I mean, times, the Rams yeah. were all over. Scott Tolson in that game. Which we all knew that their defense was good. They had a they have a really good defense in Los Angeles and but their offense was the story of that game. Forty six to nine. They didn't even score forty six points probably combined last season. Like the Rams looked really, really good last week. Um and it's gonna be interesting to see what happens this week. Definitely, definitely, Dylan. All right, well let's check out some week two action. Uh what games are you keeping your eye on this week? This week, I'm going to be keeping my eye on, first of all, Tennessee versus Jacksonville. Because um, I think it's going to, Jacksonville's going to be more of a handful. 
um, than we thought they were going to be. So that's going to be a game that Tennessee's going to have to run the ball, have to grind it out, um, and hopefully get a few touchdowns through the air as well. That's the game I'm always looking for. Um, some other games I'm looking for, though, I'm looking at um, New England versus New Orleans because I would love to see if Drew Brees can actually break it, um, th- break through, and actually win against New England Patriots because – for years now, for several seasons, Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints have not been able to win against New England Patriots, um, and it's just one of those things that he has to win this game. I, I think that just to save face value, uh, to stay face value uh, with the fans there in New Orleans, I mean, he has to win a game like this, and you know, New England coming off of that big loss last week against his Kansas City Chiefs. I think this would be a great time for Drew Brees and the Saints to win. And, I mean, hopefully their defense can stand up against the the Patriots because Lord knows Kansas City did last week. So we'll see what happens with that game. That's a big game I'm looking for. And also I'm looking at um, Green Bay versus Atlanta. That's going to be a really good game too. It's going to be the NFC Championship um, replay, essentially. Um, and so I can't wait to see that game too. Definitely. Well, what, Dylan, <clears throat> excuse me, a game I'll keep my eye on for the NFL this Sunday is the Eagles and Chiefs game. It's going to be a very interesting game. you got Andy Reid going against his old team. And the Chiefs, remember, we saw them against the Patriots last week. They were very impressive. Alex Smith, four touchdowns. Yeah, he's and the Chiefs, killing it. Car- uh, Carlson uh, Wentz, he looked pretty good for the Eagles game against the Redskins. So that's going to be an offensive showdown. So that looks like a really exciting game that I'm definitely going to keep my eye on for sure. And of course, we've got the Cowboys and Broncos in the afternoon. That should be a good one as well. And of course, Monday Night Football, you got the Lions and the Giants. And then of course, Sunday night, the Packers against the Falcons. You know, the Giants didn't do what I was hoping they would do next last week. Last week, I was hoping that a wide receiver with the Giants would step up to the plate and fill the shoes of Odell Beckham Jr. for a week, which I know those are big shoes to fill. But The Giants need to figure out something on offense. They need to figure out something with their wide receivers because the Giants just looked out of sync last week, too. And Eli Manning needs help in that offense, and hopefully he gets it this week because if not, it's going to be a very brutal game to watch with the Detroit Lions just running all over the Giants, which hopefully that doesn't happen because I hope it's going to be a competitive game, especially for it being a Monday night um, nation and national Nationally, nationally televised, televised game. There you go. There you go. A nationally televised game. Um, I, I hope that the Detroit Lions do some work, um, and I hope the Giants do some work as well. All right, Dylan, just some quick league news from the NFL. So the Cincinnati Bengals, who we talked about earlier, they fired their offensive coordinator today. Duh. <laughs> after not having no touchdowns in two games. Yeah, I mean, and they should. They need to shake something up in Cincinnati. And if the offensive coordinator is the the reason why they're not scoring touchdowns, then, yeah, get somebody else in there. Have they talked about an interim um, offensive coordinator yet? I don't think so. Okay. I'm just checking real quick to see if they mention anything. I don't see anything. Oh, okay. They said uh, their quarterback coach, Bill Lazor, will immediately assume coordinator duties. So it'll be the quarterback coach taking over. Interesting. Okay. That that happens a lot. I mean, the quarterback coach usually takes on both jobs. But, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully they do something in Cincinnati because I do like the Cincinnati offense, and I, I think they have the keys and the components to to actually do some good things on offense. But, you know, they need a different person in there playing, calling the plays because 
the plays were just awful last night against Houston, and they weren't getting anything done, and they could get things done. That defense did not look as good as the numbers indicate. So I think Houston's defense is um, just not as good as they think it is. But, you know, Cincinnati made it look good last night. So moving on to some uh, basketball news, the L.A. Lakers are going to be announcing um, they, they're uh, now on to some basketball news. The L.A. Lakers are going to be retiring two count them two jerseys from Kobe Bryant, his number eight jersey and his number 24 jersey. Uh, JT, has this ever happened before that a team's retired two jerseys of a player? I don't think so. I don't it think sounds the, it sounds something like I've never heard before. I don't think when because you remember Michael Jordan had two jerseys yeah. when he was in the league, but I don't think they retired both his, of them, both his jerseys. Interesting. So it's very interesting with the Lakers that they're doing this with Kobe Bryant, but that means we won't see number number eight or twenty four. And Kobe Bryant, I mean, he's a legend. He he with Shaq winning those three titles, and then they split up, and he won two more titles. I mean, Kobe Bryant. Even though I didn't like the guy because he's a Spurs, because I'm a Spurs fan, so I hate the Lakers. But I gotta respect Kobe Bryant because he just brings that killer instinct every time you watch him play. It's just yeah, amazing. Yeah, he does. Um, and also moving on to the Charlotte Hornets, they will wear their original jerseys from 1988 to 1997 for three games this season. Um, do those jerseys look better than the Hornets jerseys they have today? Well, it's the familiar uh, stripe. Uh, for the Hornets, it's going to say Charlotte on there, and it's going to have the Jordan logo on there because, well, duh, Michael Jordan owns the team. Oh, well, yeah. So uh, the Charlotte Hornets, that's a, a big deal for them, especially because, you know, when they were the Bobcats, I mean, I don't think the, the city really cared about them that much. But since they got the Hornets back, they brought the buzz back, and bringing these uh, jerseys I think certainly helps with that. Speaking of teams doing more things, the Sacramento Kings – they are going to be the first NBA team to have three different court designs. So they're going to use their basic purple themed court with wearing their white or purple uniforms. And then they also have, are going to have a newly unveiled black alternate court will be used with their black alternate uniforms. And they're going to release it shortly and they're going to come up with a third uniform, but they haven't decided on that court design yet. Uh, they're working on that. And it's supposed to be announced later this year. But it looks pretty cool. I'm not sure if you've seen it, Dylan, but it looks this is what it looks like. It looks it looks pretty cool. Okay. Interesting. I like the line in the in the middle of the in the middle of the court. That looks pretty cool. It's, it looks like a um a crest. That's pretty awesome. So I mean that's that's cool. I mean, I, I hope more teams do that. That's pretty awesome. They can just change it out like that in the court and just make it look different than it usually does. Because I'm sure that the patrons going in every game just keep seeing the same court and they're just like, eh, I mean, you know, seeing something different is not a bad thing. And, you know, whenever you're paying so much money to be a season ticket holder for an NBA team, even if it is the Sacramento Kings, um, you know, it's good to see something different nowadays. And that's pretty cool. They're having three court designs this season. All right, Dylan. And one final piece of notes in basketball, the Miami Heat announced they have signed Josh Richardson to a four-year $42 million contract extension. Uh, the deal does include a player option for a fourth year. And uh, Richardson, he's been in one of the like great scouting and player development success stories for the Miami Heat. You remember, he was a 40th round pick in a 2015 NBA draft. And Dylan, he's from 
Te- I don't know if he's from Tennessee, but that's where he went to school. He went yeah. to school yeah, in Tennessee. Yeah, he played in Tennessee. And uh, he's become one of the young cornerstone players for Eric Spolstra's uh, offense. So he's done very well, averaged 10.2 points during the regular season. And he uh, started in 34 games, and he's done pretty well for them. So that's a great pickup for the Miami Heat to keep him around for next season. That's awesome. That's really good. Uh, moving on to some hockey news. In the NHL, the training camp begins this weekend. Um, I know that veteran players actually reported to camp yesterday, I believe, for the Nashville Predators. They did anyway. Um, and speaking of the Nashville Predators, Vernon Fiddler decided to call it a career. He retires after 14 seasons in the league, and he played for the Predators last season. He wasn't going to re-sign with the Predators. The Predators said that they don't have any intentions of signing him again. But he was a key player in um, the final uh, part of the season last year when we went to the playoffs. He was a great player for us. And um, congratulations to him. What a successful career he had. And uh, thanks for all you did for Nashville, Vernon. Um, I, I pre- we appreciate it. And um, we hope you enjoy retirement. It'll be fantastic for you to go on and uh, not worry about getting hit at you know 80 miles an hour every night by these young kids coming into the league. So, good thing. Um, moving on to your Washington Capitals. Yes, yeah, so Alex Ovechkin has told reporters today that he has given up the dream of playing in the 2018 Olympics, so he will not be playing for Team Russia. And Alex Ovechkin said, told people this morning, and I quote, he said, I said every time I was asked since last Olympics that nobody's going to tell me I can't play because my country was going to be allowed to ask me. Now that double IHF and NHL say my country is not allowed to ask anyone in the NHL to play, and there's nothing to talk about anymore. So I'm just surprised because all along he said he wanted to play, and now he's making a U-turn. But I think Alex Ovechkin, who's 32 by the way, realizes his time to get a Stanley Cup is running short. It is. And he said that my goal this season is to get my first Stanley Cup. And Ovechkin's done a lot. He's lost a lot of, some weight, adds more speed, some edge in his game, and he's really focused on committing to the Capitals to get them past the second round finally and getting a Stanley Cup in D.C. So I think Ted Leonis is very happy to hear that his captain said that. And also, he said during the press conference today with the uh, reporters, he said, we're not going to, we're not going to suck this year. Um, actually, I think the exact quote was, we're not going to be suck this year so um i would definitely wear that as a t-shirt as well adam vingan on um twitter he is one of the national reporters he said he'd wear that as a shirt and i agree with him i would i would as well but alex ovechkin says that even though the nhl is not going to be playing in south korea in the olympics he does hope that from the 2022 olympics which will be in china that they'll be allowed to play there that's good that's good all right, Dylan, one more quick piece of hockey news. Tim Laiwiki and his group, the Oakview Group, up in Seattle, Washington, they are working with a, the Seattle, the city of Seattle to do a memorandum of understanding to do a remodel for the Key Arena, which used to be the former home of the Seattle Supersonics. If everything goes according to plan, Tim Laiwiki says they will get the Key Arena remodeled in three years, three years, and they'll have it ready to attract in a professional team whether it's a hockey team 
or an NBA team, who knows? But he said it will be ready for a professional team to come and, to the Pacific Northwest. And if there is a, a professional team going to Seattle, you know what? I think that David Van Cleve would be very, very happy with that happening. I think I'd be happy with that happening as well. It'd be really cool to have a hockey team paired up with the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. That's really cool. So um, that's one thing that we need to keep our eye on, and hopefully that happens Um Hopefully soon. I, we, they do need a 30-second team to make everything even in the league, and uh, Seattle might be a good place for them to put a team. So we'll see what happens. So now on to one of our favorite segments of the week. JT, it is your football recap of the week, and the microphone is all yours, sir. All right, guys. Let's get started with some MLS recap for my football recap of the week. So I watched this game on Sunday before the hurricane hit between Atlanta United and FC Dallas, and this was a crazy game, Dylan, because Atlanta, like I mentioned, they were opening their debut for Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They had over 45,000 fans show up at that game, and they took a commanding 3-0 victory with goals from Leonardo Gonzalez-Perez and Greg Garza and Joseph Martinez. And for FC Dallas, this is has now they have now gone eight games without getting a win. So for FC Dallas, not looking good for them. Speaking of Atlanta United, they had a game midweek this past week. They played the New England Revolution. So they had two games at home in the new stadium. And guess what happened, Dylan? They scored a touchdown. Oh, no, look at that. Specifically, soccer terms, they won that game 7-0 wow. against New England. New England, I don't know, they got the doors blown up in that game. And then, of course, the other game that happened midweek, the Vancouver Whitecaps, they got a 3-0 victory over the Minnesota United FC to pull them up in the Western Conference. All right, Dylan. Orlando Pride, the ladies, they had a bye this week. They are not playing this week. But Orlando Pride, they are focused on the task at hand. They have a game, a critical game next week against the Portland Thorns. And this is going to be a critical game because for Orlando City, Orlando City, excuse me, Orlando Pride, if they win that game, Dylan, they will clinch the playoffs for the our squad. And so that's going to be really, really great. Uh, they were talking to a lot of the players this week, and Ali Krieger, she said, I am very positive, I'm quote, I am very positive and very excited for the next few games. I know we are a very good team. We are a tough team to beat. We're going to bring it, and we're going to want to win. We built off each other and every game, and I think we're on such a good streak. We've had great momentum right now. We just need those few extra points, and then we can breathe a little bit. So the Atlanta Pride players, they are focused on the task at hand, and I think they're going to do the next two games against Portland and North Carolina Courage to get into the playoffs. All right, Dylan, on to our favorite team, Orlando City. And, wow, Dylan, I never thought I would say this, but the boys, they finally did it, man. They finally won a game for the first time in, like, what, three months? Yeah, it's been a while. Is the Phil Rollins curse off now? Uh, well, not exactly. We're still like 10th <laughs> in the Eastern Conference oh, right okay. now. So it's still going and strong. And our chances of making the playoffs are very slim. Slim to but none. But I'm happy they won. They won the game 2-1 to one over D.C. United. So a very critical game, getting goals from Kyle Lair and Giles Barnes. So Orlando City, we got some hope. Slim chance. But guess what, Dylan? We're playing a game tomorrow. Against Atlanta United. Of course we <laughs> the are. The team that scored 10 goals in like two games. They are the Orlando City's kryptonite this year. Oh, man. So good luck, Orlando City. If, if you get a win, we still got a shot. All right. On to some sucking news. As we 
We had some European games this past week. Of course, Manchester City, they destroyed Liverpool 5-0 this past week. Uh, that was a very big game as Man City continues their ascension into the Premier League standings. And we had some UEFA Champions League games this past week. Um, notable matches, Manchester United beat FC Basel 3-0. PSG crushed Celtic in Scotland 5-0. And Barcelona, they shocked. They beat Juventus 3-0. I was not expecting that. That was a very surprising result there. And then on Wednesday, Liverpool and Sevilla got a 2-2 draw. And Tottenham Hotspur, they finally get a win in Wembley Stadium this year, beating Borussia Dortmund 3-1. All right, Dylan, some games to keep an eye on this week. Of course, you got to watch Atlanta United against Orlando City SC. That's going to be at 4 p.m. on Univision tomorrow. Of course, my minor league game to keep an eye on this week, you got St. Louis FC taking on the Orlando City B-Squad. The Orlando City B-Squad's done very well, Dylan, in the USL. They are slowly moving up in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. So, it looks like they're going to be on pace to make the playoffs this year. And then for some of my European games to keep an eye on, for Sunday, you got Chelsea against Arsenal. That's going to be at 8.30. Man U, Manchester United, they're playing Everton. Where Wayne Rooney, he's making his return at Old Trafford. I expect the fans are going to give him a standing ovation in that game. And, of course, the afternoon game on Sunday, PSG taking on Olympic Lyon. And that will conclude my football recap of the week. Now on to some miscellaneous news. The Cleveland Indians have won 22 straight games, and they're looking really strong for the playoffs this season. Do you think they're making the right push at the right time, JT? And do you think they will go far in the playoffs if they continue to play this way? I think so, Dylan. Remember, Cleveland, they are motivated because – after that, losing that heartbreaker fashion against the Chicago Cubs in the World Series last year, they are motivated. So, 22 straight games, wow, that's that's very impressive, Dylan. And I know they're going to give teams like the Red Sox run for their money and the Yankees, but Cleveland, I think they can do it. I think they can make it back to the World Series. Hopefully for them, they'll win it this time. We've seen the teams redeem themselves, like North Carolina, uh, Tar Heels, they lost the championship in Hartford's Villanova, and they came back and won the next year. So, I think that's going to happen for the Indians. Uh, the Dodgers, Dylan, they were on the opposite end. They were on an 11-game winless streak, and they finally snapped that on Tuesday against the Colorado Rockies. And finally snapping that streak with Clayton Kershaw on the mound, they are now in the playoffs. Yasiel Puig is very excited about that one. I'm sure he is. And the city of L.A., I'm sure they're excited as well to see them go to the playoffs again and uh, hopefully rise to the level of play they played uh, several seasons ago. Definitely, Dylan. All right, Dylan. Some quick update on the WNBA playoffs. So the WNBA playoffs right now, you got the Washington Mystics, Mystics against the Minnesota Lynx. Right now, the Minnesota Lynx, I watched this game last night, they beat the Mystics last night, 93-83. to And the Minnesota Lynx have a 2-0 lead in that series. The LA Sparks beat the Mercury 8672 last night as well. They also have a 2 0 lead in that series. They would play each other for game three on Sunday. All right, Dylan. And a quick update on the U.S. Open Cup in tennis that happened this past weekend. Rafael Nadal wins his third title in the U.S. Open in the men's circuit. And Sloane Stevens, she made history, become the lowest seeded player ever in the women's uh, bracket to win her first. U.S. Open title. So congrats to her for making history. 
Look at that. Congratulations. So moving on to our segments of the week. My segment is going to be a brand new segment. It's called Fantasy Corner. Dylan's Fantasy Corner, that is. And so I have three questions here that were sent in to me by some of our listeners. And um, they want some fantasy help. So I'm going to try to help them out. So the first one is... Would you trade Jordan Howard? He was the running back for the Chicago Chicago Bears. Would you trade Jordan Howard for Amari Cooper, the wide receiver from Oakland Raiders? Um, the other team doesn't have any other good running backs. Do you think I would be better off offering Carlos Hyde or LeGarrette Blunt and Deshaun Jackson? He showed me his list of uh, his lineup, too. It looks like Jordan Howard is one of his starting running backs. Um, so that's actually a good trade. I think that would be a good trade for Jordan Howard for Amari Cooper. Although I think Jordan Howard is not going to be as productive and as consistent throughout the year. He only had fifty, like 53 yards last season or last week, um, and he only had one touchdown, too. I don't think he's going to be as productive every single game this season. So it would be a good thing to try to trade him away. I don't think the player is going to accept um that for Amari Cooper. So I would probably go with the LeGarrette Le- Blunt and Deshaun Jackson trade instead um, for Amari Cooper. I think that they would actually bite on that. And he has some running back depth. Um, he has Dalvin Cook on the bench. He has Le'Veon Bell and Jordan Howard as his starters. So I think that he can do some good things if he traded LeGarrette Blunt away and Deshaun Jackson away. Uh, moving on to my second question I don't have a serviceable tight end this week's match for this week's matchup. Should I pick up Charles Clay from Buffalo? Um, he is a good tight end. I, I would pick him up. However, I don't think he's going to be as productive every single week. So I might not keep him the entire season. But I mean, you know, it, it is a gamble to have Charles Clay on your team. But last week, he actually put up some good points. I actually had him on one of my teams for my fantasy league. Um, so yeah, I would definitely pick up um, Charles Clay. And he's actually a really good tight end. I think he's one of the best tight ends out there. If he's on the waiver wire, definitely pick him up. Um, he will be a good player for your team and my third and final question is thinking of pursuing a big trade in fantasy and going after DeMarco Murray Mike Gillisley um, and Tyler Eifert for DeMarco Murray and Austin Hooper can you give me any Titans insider info on DeMarco Murray so DeMarco Murray is going to be the the bell cow for the Tennessee Titans this season he is definitely going to be carrying the load although he is going to be splitting carries with Derrick Henry the Heisman Trophy winner so I think that DeMarco Murray is a good pickup um, and I think that Mike Gillisley and Tyler Eifert are actually good players to offer for DeMarco Murray and Austin Hooper Austin Hooper um, is actually going to be a pretty good um, tight end in the league um, Mike Gillisley that him being in the Patriots offense kind of scares me because the Patriots have a running back by committee there in New England. I don't think he's going to be a productive a productive player every single game. Tyler Eifert, um, he's I, I I don't I'm not on the Tyler Eifert train at all when it comes to being a tight end, being um, a fantasy player. So I would actually trade. I would do that on Mike Gillisley and Tyler Eifert for Demarco Murray and Austin Hooper if he is willing to do that trade. Um, I would definitely go for that. So now on to our. One of our favorite segments of the week. It is Uncle Bobby's Scam Alert. Uncle Bobby's on the phone. And uh, Uncle Bobby, the microphone is all yours, sir. Oh, thank you again for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm glad everybody survived uh, Miss Irma. Kind of crazy, but I'm glad everybody uh, made it out okay. True. Okay, so my scam is uh, the whole Marshawn Lynch. Uh, he got fined again, about twelve grand because he gave the double bird um, during the game played. And, I mean... It's just funny because the league knows what he's about, you know, and he doesn't really care. And I guess they just don't understand that. And um, 
I just think they should do is they should just tell them every year at the beginning of the year, hey, Marshawn, we're going to just find you right now uh, $100,000. And if you don't get anything <laughs> happening the year, we'll give it back to you. Otherwise, we'll just deduct it from there. And in that way, we'll have to worry about it. It's so, a security um, deposit. Start that instead. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you know, the NFL should understand that he doesn't really care because after the whole stuff with the uh, not talking to media, which I don't blame him for, because they don't ask the right questions anyway when they talk to him. So just give me – any media want to give me a chance to interview him, I'll have one. no problem getting – out of them. We'll we'll try to get that set up for you next week, Bobby. Um, so okay. so you know that back a few years ago with the former Titans owner Bud Adams, uh, the late Titans owner Bud Adams, he actually got fined for throwing up double birds at a game. He got fined. I think a, it was six figures. I know that it was either one hundred fifty or two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Do you think that it's a scam that he got charged so much more than Marshawn Lynch? Yeah, because I don't know, like I said, the league has a you know their fine amount that's set, like for what they call like personal, you know, whatever. Well, I don't know what they call it. I mean, it's just they have different, uh, you know, fines for. Uh, they're this is basically for a hand gesture. They call it an inappropriate hand gesture, you know. But uh, the whole the, the whole thing with the Titans, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe the owners have a different rule. Maybe I don't know. Maybe okay. Well, that's Uncle Bobby's scam of the week. Now moving on to our winners and losers this week. Uh, JT, I'll start with you first. All right, guys. So for this week, I kind of have two winners that I'll mention real quick. So my first winner is UCF, University of Central Florida. For the situation they had with everything that happened with Hurricane Irma, they let uh, the National Guard use uh, Spectrum Stadium as their football stadium. And UCF, they were originally supposed to play Georgia Tech this past weekend, and they were trying to work out a schedule, and Georgia Tech offered, hey, we'll have you go to Atlanta, play us in Atlanta this weekend, and then we'll come play you guys in 2020. But UCF kind of stood their ground and said, no, we canceled the game against Memphis, who we were supposed to play earlier, and our players want to be with their families. So we're going to let them do that to help them get their families through this difficult time with the storm and everything. So good thing for UCF for doing that. My second winner this week is Tim Duncan, the former San Antonio Spurs legend as Tim Duncan. As you all know, he's from the, originally from the U.S. Virgin Islands, and he was down there this week helping that country get through the devastation with Hurricane Irma. Uh, he's made donations. He's down there helping them, trying to pick up the pieces and restore his homeland. So I thought that was really great. They talked about it on CNN today, and Anderson Cooper was interviewing him. So that was a great story. So glad to see Tim Duncan doing that after he retired from the NBA. My loser this week, which I don't know how I missed this last week, but I missed it, uh, is Orlando City defenseman Will Johnson. So Will Johnson, in case you missed it last week, he was apparently arrested for, I believe, a domestic battery charge for Orlando City. So Orlando City, they're doing an investigation right now. So at the moment, he has suspended indefinitely. So I think it's safe to say we're probably not going to see him the rest of the season. I don't know about next season, but... I'm kind of like, come on, Orlando City. I know we had a rough season this year, but first Kyle Leonard with the DUI, and now we got Will Johnson with uh, a battery charge investigation. What's next? I mean, we're already on pace to probably not make the playoffs. So, like I said last week, guys, just give me something exciting to talk about, but not this. Hey, Uncle Bobby, uh, by the way, this weekend, this past week, uh, Orlando City actually won a game. So, do you think the Phil Rollins curse is still in full effect, or do you think this is... Uh, uh, a gleam of shining hope that they will be doing better the rest of the season. No, it's not a gleam. It's not a shining hope. Uh, basically, it just was their time. 
I mean, if you look at what's happened the last several weeks that they, how they played, they just got lucky, as we say. So, nah, the curse is staying. I'm just going with the curse. Do you think that Atlanta FC is going to beat them this weekend? Do I think what? The Atlanta FC is going to beat them this weekend? Um, I don't know. Like I said, I mean, where they play in Atlanta, right? Yeah, I'll be at Atlanta and I will be hosting Orlando City tomorrow yeah, at 4 o'clock. Yeah, the new stadium, at the new, right? Yeah, the stadium, at the new right? Mercedes-Benz Stadium, yep. And remember, okay, Bob, what, Atlanta United, they scored like 10 goals in two games in their new stadium. <laughs> Being New England 7 right, well, nothing the other night. Jeez. Right, but the, the key is going to be that uh, they won't have those uh, Orlando City fans that destroyed uh, Bobby yes. Dodd Stadium up there. They got, in, uh, they're, they're banned Georgia for Tech. this game. The right, Atlanta they're City banned. So that, that'll help out yep. uh, Georgia big time. So, yeah, no, I think they're, nah, they're not going to win. All right. Well, the Phil Rollins curse will probably continue tomorrow, so we'll see what happens when that game airs. Uh, Uncle Bobby, who are your winners and losers this week? Okay, so my winner is um, the, I don't know if y'all been following it, but they have the Keeper of the Cup on Twitter uh, for the Lord Stanley Cup, which is a really cool name. And, of course, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins won it again this year. Uh, and they basically, this guy just shows the players of what they get to do when they have the cup for like 24 hours or whatever the timeline is. And uh, I, I tell everybody out there, you ought to just go on Twitter and hit Keeper of the Cup and just start looking at them. And it's just great. I mean, they got kids eating M&Ms out of them. Ice cream Sunday. They got a business baseball game uh, for people with mobility challenges. Uh, the best one I saw so far was one of the players uh, baptizes a child in it. And that was really cool to see that. Interesting. So my winner would be the... Or Stanley Cup and what the players get to do with it uh, when they have it for that uh, 24 hours or so. I thought your winner was going to be the place. The I'm sorry, the snapper from USC, the blind snapper no, that's from my UFC. Final thought. Oh, okay. Never mind. We we won't skip ahead to that yet. Um, who is your loser okay. for this week? All right, so it's the NFL um, again. This time it's with the uh, XL Elliott suspension, which is now on hold. Um, uh, you know, it's, I, I think the NFL when they when they have a player. Like in this instance with Marshawn Lynch, they like to target him, you know. Like they just keep the one. They want to do something so they can pick on him and you know and just throw the book at him. And uh, they want the uh, hearing to happen quick because you know they're they're really mad at the, another judge. A judge overturned it and uh, basically said he can play. So they're going to let him play in week. Uh, let him play and then uh, see how the appeal works out. But uh, this is my continuation that the NFL should lose their antitrust protection and then we'll see how they handle things differently than what it is. So. All right, sounds good. My winner this week is going to be Johnny Menzel because Johnny Menzel is um, going to be playing football again pretty soon with the CFL Hamilton Tiger Cats with their, the league approval in the CFL. So congratulations, to Johnny. He's going to be getting back on the football field. He said he's he is clean now. He said that he is rejuvenated. He said that he is ready to play football, and the CFL is going to give him that option to do so. Um, and the CFL... Hamilton Tiger Cats, which that's my loser. We'll talk to talk about that in just a second. Um, that team is has the exclusive rights to sign Johnny Menzel, and so it looks like there's going to be a deal in place for Johnny Menzel. So this might be a step in the right direction to come back to the NFL if the NFL has any trouble with um, quarterback injuries and whatnot throughout the season. So that is my winner. And also another winner is Kobe Bryant. He is the when it comes to players wearing basketball shoes in the league um he has more players in the league wearing his shoes than michael jordan does with his shoes so that's a pretty um amazing feat uh, because you think about michael jordan's shoes when you think about basketball but kobe bryant is getting in there and um definitely 
selling those shoes to the player. So congratulations to Kobe Bryant for making money on his name. Um, go, going back to the loser of this week, the CFL Hamilton Tiger Cats. So that name is so redundant. I don't know why they decided to name a, a football team that name, but the, the Tiger Cats, come on. A tiger is a cat already. There's no reason that name is like that. I, I don't get it. That's better than being called the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> or there is there is a uh, um, the Mississippi Mississippi Biscuits or something like that. I think the Montgomery Biscuits. Montgomery Biscuits. That's what For it is. Minor league baseball. Yeah. But still, the Tiger Cats. What the heck is that about? Do they have whiskers on when they're playing the game? Like, what's going on there? It's. I don't get it. I don't get it. Do you have any thoughts on that, Bobby? Well, I mean, you have to kind of just research it because, you know, Canada, I mean, they, you know, they have the wider field, uh, the longer field, you know, so um, that could be interesting to see how it works out for Johnny Manziel, you know, the way he played when he was with, uh, you know, Texas A&M, so we'll see how that works out. Yeah, and the last game, and the last team he was with was the Cleveland Browns back in March of last year. No, I'm so, talking about college, though, when he was playing for college. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was just moving on to that. But, I mean, yes, in college he was with Texas A&M, and then he was with the Cleveland Browns last season when he got cut in right. March. Um, so, hopefully, I mean, you know, he was a good player in college. He, in Texas A&M, he lit up the field. I mean, he played Alabama. He beat Alabama twice, wasn't it? Or he beat Alabama once and then and made, kept it close for the other games he played against Alabama. Anyway, he was a great player on the field. He's electric when he's on the field. Um, so hopefully he does have some success in the CFL and gets back to the NFL because I'd love to watch him on Sundays. But, you know, if he doesn't, he still has some football to play in CFL and uh, he can continue, you know, playing the way he's meant to play. And, you know, with Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow actually had a chance to play in the CFL too, but he decided not to play in the CFL because the CFL um, was just for him. He just didn't want to play in a minor, a minor league when it came to to football and no NFL teams would sign him because they were wanting him to be either a tight end or a fullback, which I think he'd be more successful as one of those players anyway, but now he's in minor league baseball. Uh, we don't have to worry about him being an NFL anymore, but you know, that's, it's interesting that CFL is actually getting players um, that played in the NFL to go play up there to get some more highlight reel tape, which is good. So hopefully Johnny does something with that in the CFL. So now moving on to our final thoughts of the week. Uncle Bobby, I will start with you first, sir. Okay, since you all had two winners, let me throw one more winner real quick. It'd be UCF again. Uh, what they did was, uh, because they couldn't play, uh, the National Guard was stayed there, and they actually uh, helped feed them and stuff. So that's nice to see that they were helping them out as they were stayed there waiting to uh, go to their assignment. So oh, that's look at that. Winner. That's pretty cool. Yeah, my final thought uh, will be the whole thing with uh, Jake Olson, the uh, blind snapper for USC. Uh, they basically brought him into the game against um, Western Michigan because it was kind of like a blowout. So he figured, okay, let's go and bring him in on an extra point. And, uh, you know, the deal was the other team, he had made a deal with the coach to not rush him at all. Um, so basically he just, you know, lined up and did the snap, and then they did the kick. And, of course, the kick went in no problem. Um, the only thing I – been wanting to hear, and I haven't heard yet, but I'm hoping it kind of happens soon. Will be if a reporter asks him if he wants to see the replay. So, uh, uh, not saying it'll happen, but it would be one of those good highlights if it did. But, uh, but it is nice that uh, you know they they brought him in the game because he had been uh, wanting to oh. after he lost his eyesight. He had been wanting to uh, hang out with USC and uh, Pete Carroll at the time was a coach, and he had basically brought him on to the field to like hang out and stuff. So it was nice to see that he finally got into a game. But, you know, you were saying that the other team, they had a deal to, like, not rush the kicker or whatever. I mean, 
yeah. when, you think, when you think of extra points, though, what's the percentage of extra points that are actually made? Or actually, let's say this. What's the percentage of extra points that are missed in the college football season? Probably not many. What, what are they saying? It's, it's over 90% made. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's not that many that are missed, as we say. But I, I think, like I said, I think they're worried because if they would have done a full-on rush, he couldn't see who was coming from him. And they, maybe they're worried about if he got into, like, a chop block or something, you know, because he didn't see, you know, who was coming at him. I mean, you'd think he would sense it, maybe. Um, I don't know for sure. But, um, yeah, like I said, I mean, I guess they decided because, like I said, they were already up pretty big and there was no way wishing Michigan was going to win so that's why he brought him in but yeah like I said I just want to see if he gets asked that so that'd be funny all right well JT well my final thoughts going to be just a quick update on this madness going on in lower division soccer that's below MLS Uncle Bobby and as I mentioned last with the NASL they lost their D2 sanctioning and are trying to convince USSF Soccer Federation to do a reapply to give them another shot at the opportunity. And the NASL is not looking good right now. Like I mentioned, they only have eight teams. They're trying to keep everybody afloat. But the last few teams they've had, they lost five teams last year. And the only reason why the NASL didn't die last year because the USL didn't want to take all their teams. So now you got a situation where the NASL is considering everything on the proposal right now, whether it's spending cuts, salary caps, tighter roster regulations, reduce entry fees to attract more teams into the league because they got to get 12 teams for next year to keep their D2 status and give additional financial support for new teams or existing clubs that are struggling like the San Francisco Deltas or Jacksonville and others or Puerto Rico FC. So the USL, they got their own situation that they're trying to get along with their situation with expansion teams. And the USL, I think the only team, league they're trying to, team they're trying to court is the uh, North Carolina FC team. So it'll be interesting to see how the situation develops. But look, NASL, you're, you're running out of chances, man. You got to do something. Otherwise, if you can't, either you go down to D3 each and team up with uh, interleague play with Nisa for a year and try to come back the following year or just close up shop, man. I don't know what else to tell you, but every year it's like, is the NSL going to live? Is they going to die? This every year. While the USL, they've proven to be a stable league. My only concern with the USL is it's kind of too much to me like a minor league team because you got two teams like Orlando City B and you got independent teams like FC Cincinnati and you got some teams in the middle like San Antonio FC. So something we'll have to keep in mind on in the future, but we'll keep you posted on that. Yeah, so my final thought goes out to nothing football related at all. I just still have it on the brain. The iPhone 10. Um, if you didn't <laughs> see that press conference that Apple had this past week, it was incredible. The uh, iPhone 8 looks awful. iPhone 8 Plus, if you already have an iPhone 7 or iPhone 7 Plus, don't get the iPhone 8 or 8 Plus because it's pretty much the same phone. It just has a better processing chip. Don't have to worry about spending your money. But the iPhone 10, however, it is the first $1,000 phone in the market, which that's a huge deal. That's 150 bucks more than the Samsung 8. Whew. Yeah, it, it's expensive, but it's it's a phenomenal phone. It's it's a face recognition thing. It's it's awesome. Um, so if you want to donate to the Get Dylan a New iPhone <laughs> 10 fund, you're more than welcome to. Email me at dylan at outofboundspodcast.com, and I will definitely accept your contributions. Um, so that goes to my final thought. Get the iPhone 10 if you have if you um, are planning on getting a new phone this fall. iPhone 10 is the phone to get. Anyway, what was the uh, price? A thousand? A thousand dollars starting out. That's the first phone. That's well, uh, heck, man. Uh, my great. LG HD Tribute 2 is $970 cheaper. So how about that? Hey, look at you. 
Well, it's <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's an expensive phone, but I think it'll be worth it. So. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. Uh, make sure to follow us on Facebook at Out of Bounds with Dylan James. Our Twitter account is OOB Podcast. And you can always email me at Dylan at Outofboundspodcast.com if you'd like to give me some suggestions on the show. And also to t- contribute to the Dylan Needs and iPhone 10 fund as well. You're more than welcome to send me some money there. Uh, JT, what are your social media handles? You can reach me at JTSocca88. That's at JTSOCKA88. You can email me at JT at Outofboundspodcast.com. And you reach out to me on my personal sports blog. It's www.jtthesportsguy.com. Uncle Bobby, what are your social media handles, sir? So it's uh, Twitter is life is a big scam. And every first letter of each word is capital. So life is a big scam at uh, Twitter. Perfect. Well, that's awesome. Uh, have you gotten any more followers since uh, we last talked to you, Bobby? Uh, yeah, I get a couple here and there. Uh, like I said, you know, I, I finally got told by one who they were. Uh, uh, the co-workers, I won't name him unless he wants to be named, but he told me who he was. So I said, oh, that's cool. You know, at least I know who you are, you know? All right. Well, that's Cause, good. Because uh, I just wonder how many, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I hear about fake Twitter accounts out there, so I don't know if that's the deal or not. But uh, I got you. But it is nice to know that the uh, our great uh, Internet Web uh, channel we're on, uh, they're following me, so I like that a lot. So, yeah, WBLZ Sports. Make sure to listen to them every day. They are a live broadcasting internet radio station 24-7, so make sure to listen to them. Thanks for listening to the show this week, guys, and we will talk to you next week. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. I'm Stephen Jodderin from Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Armand Kafai. Be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in American soccer. Follow us on Twitter at Unc Sam Soccer Pod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ugh? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys from South Carolina. Making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. No bunkum, no bullshit. We don't have credit cards at the day. We're not hanging out with Frella Mafia. Even though we wish we were. The Burger and Badass Show. Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Danny. 
I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball. WBLZ Sports. I hope he doesn't kill somebody.